Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. This is Pete Vecchi welcoming you to another episode of Reconciling Grace. Joining me in the studio today is Reverend Vicki Cundiff. Joining me remotely is Josh Kugel and Mick Wells. I guess I should say joining me remotely are Josh Kugel and Mick Wells. I guess that's the best way to say it in proper English. And we have been returning every now and then to a subject that we call Christian sayings. And we're going to do that again today. And what we've done is we have gathered a bunch of different sayings that you might find various places, whether they be on maybe a Christian t-shirt or a bumper sticker, or maybe on a Christian meme in, in Facebook or any other social media. And just kind of things that have gotten to be popular or things that people have said. And what we've done is we kind of looked at these sayings and say, well, what do they really mean? What are they really saying? How do we uh, really view them? Are they nice sayings? Are they bad sayings? Whatever. We just kind of discuss them. And we actually have a little bit of fun doing that, I think. So we're going to do that again today. And let me just say from the outset, if you have any Christian sayings that you would like to have us discuss, please feel free to contact us. You can always contact us. Um, I think Melody Morris says this on our opening or closing, uh, but send us an email at rg at faithandfriendsradio.com, and we'll be happy to listen to those and, and, and talk about those. But today we're just going to kind of go on with a list that we've been working from. And so the first Christian saying that I would like us to discuss today is this, let go and let God. Have you ever heard that one before? And let Jesus take the wheel? Yeah, yeah. Let Jesus take the wheel. That's, <laughs> that's, very, that's very similar, isn't it? I like that because right before we started this, we were talking about how we we're going to do this, and Josh said to me, well, let's just let go and let God. So <laughs> that was, that was pretty good. Isn't this good. an excuse to not plan anything out? Yeah, it could be, and that might be something we're going to get to a little bit later. But let go and let God. Does anybody have any thoughts on that one? Seriously, because I, I have used that before, and when I've used it, it's been along the lines of when we keep trying to do things in our own human strength, we keep trying, we keep striving, and we just keep working harder and harder and harder, and our 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 efforts maybe seem to be getting frustrated from various different things. Maybe they're from without, maybe they're from within. Maybe we don't have the skill to do something. Maybe we just are trying to hold on to something because it's so near and dear to us. And instead of our doing that, what do we really need to do? We need to release it and let God deal with it. That's how I see it. Does anybody else have any thoughts on that? I was thinking, uh, Pete, that when you realize how many things in the Christian life you don't have any control over, and yet we get so zealous in our desire to please God and to do His will and to see that things are done that are that are pleasing to Him, we got to recognize sometimes there's just no control. For instance, the whole issue of salvation. I've, I've been in church services, and since I'm the elder statesman in this group, I can talk about way back when, when they 
<clears throat> maybe they still do altar calls. When the gospel is preached, um, you want somebody to go forward and give their heart to Jesus. And the fact is, that the only thing you've got control over is sharing the message of the gospel. You cannot make a decision for other people. You may, may want to take your friend and march them down to the altar and go like, uh, you know, move their mouth and, and have them uh, put their trust and faith in God. But this, this cliche here, let go and let God actually applies. You don't really have an option. You, you become obedient to God by sharing the gospel but recognize God's the one in control and the Holy Spirit uh, working in the hearts and lives of people to bring about the desired outcome. So I, um, I would fall back on that principle a lot of times in my zeal to see people come to Christ. I think it is a struggle for people sometimes to let go, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about control People, we can feel safety in what we can control, you know, and sometimes it's hard to let that go. So, you know, letting go is not always an easy thing for people to do. What they don't realize is that it's the very best thing that we can do. It's very freeing uh, to trust God in that sense to where we can just let go of that thing uh, and give it to God. But I've actually uh, been preaching before and seen someone as I make the statement about letting go and start talking about that, get angry, you know, because they struggle with that letting go. And so it's, it's not always easy for us to do that, but it is the best thing because mm -hmm. God is in control. We can trust him in that. And so the more we let go, in, in my own experience, the more I've learned to let go, the more deeply that I've experienced this trust in God mm -hmm. and the more freeing that it is. One of the things that I also thought about just as you were speaking, Vicki, was sometimes we tend to hold on to things that it would be better for us to let go of. For instance, sometimes it's hard for us to forgive somebody else. Sometimes we, we hold on to this, this anger. We hold on to these things that are not good for us um, we hold on to resentments, things that might have happened because people may have hurt us or sinned against us in some way, and we need to let go. You know, I've actually heard this said before. I don't know how accurate it is. I've, I've considered it. I haven't come up and said, okay, this is the truth or this isn't. But when Jesus was on the cross, what did he say to his father? He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Well, I've heard at least one preacher say he asked God, the Father, to forgive them because he didn't have the strength to do it anymore. Now, I don't know that I can agree or disagree with that. I really haven't studied it that closely. But, but the point being is sometimes for us, we do not have the strength to forgive. We need to let go and ask God to forgive those things. For, so we need to let go of things that are hindering us. You know, didn't Paul say, throw off the sin that so easily entangles? We need to let go of these things that might be hindering us. I think, you know, a comment on that is we do need to do the forgiving. Sure. You know, so what I realized in my own life is when it's a struggle, then I go to God and say, help me to forgive. And it's not been all that long ago that I'm going to God with something and just, you know, God, I know that I need to forgive this person. Mm -hmm. 
And so I know it's a conscious choice that I'm going to have to make to do. So even though it's a struggle for me to say the words right now, I am going to say that I choose to forgive this person and help mm-hmm. me, help, you know, help me with this. And and I always try to replace with something else. If I'm giving something over to God, I want to. Okay, now this is now I need this back in my life. You know, if I struggle with something, it might be peace or whatever it is that I need. But to I ask God to replace that with something else Absolutely. that's good. But I I would disagree with that person that said that in the fact that we have to do our forgiving, but we do need God to help us to get mm-hmm. to that place. And I think that in a way, I think that maybe what that person was saying, you know, the more I think about it and the more I have thought about it, has been that maybe it is, I need you to help me forgive, you know, right. like, Father, do this. And, and and I love what you just said, Vicki, about having something fill fill in, because to forgive, and I think we've we've shared this before when we've talked about the Lord's Prayer, when it says forgive us, we are we're we're asking God to let go of these things. And and we're asking God to help us forgive as we forgive. So asking God to help us let go of something. And and Jesus talked about this in, in the New Testament. I didn't know we were going to be going here with this, so I didn't look up the specific verse. But he talked about when when an unclean spirit leaves it finds a place empty and it comes back. And what I've always said is, hey, when, when something like that is given up, you need to ask God to replace that that spot with his Holy Spirit, with his Holy Spirit. And that's, I, I really liked what you said there, Vicki. And I'm, I'm glad you guys spoke first because uh, I, I would just, I always caution people to not shirk their responsibilities when they say something like that too, because a lot of times what God is bringing us through is in an effort to teach us to take responsibility for the things that we've done to to cause the mess that we can sometimes find in Mm -hmm. ourselves in. And so the only thing I would encourage, I I, I like what you guys are saying much better, but um, sometimes we're tempted to say, um, you know what, I've made a mess of myself. Uh, I've created some financial difficulties for myself. I've messed up a relationship, but I'm just going to let go and let God. (laughs) And it could be that God is up there saying, or or in in us saying, you know what, uh, Josh, you messed up and I'm going to teach you how to deal with it, but you don't get to just kind of uh, dismiss the responsibility here. Mm -hmm. That's That's really good. That's really good. So, well, why don't we move on to another one here? Um, Actually, it says this. It's actually two of them. One of one of them is, I may not be perfect, but Jesus thinks I'm to die for. Now, we don't usually use that that phrase anymore, I'm to die for, or something. That has been done in the past, or used in the past. But another one that kind of goes right along with it is this. I'm not perfect, just forgiven. What do you think of that one? I'd say the same thing with that. It's often used uh, to dismiss a behavior. <laughs> you know, hey, I said that. I know I shouldn't, but I'm not perfect. I'm I'm forgiven, um, and so we just got to be careful with that. But the other thing I would say is that we don't need to sell just forgiven. I mean, think about that. I'm just forgiven. No, no, no. I'm forgiven, and that makes me, you know, heirs to the most incredible kingdom that could is, is even imaginable. The the idea that I'm forgiven is not just forgiven, and because of Jesus, I am perfect. At least when God looks at me, and because of that, I am I am I'm I'm forgiven. I mean, that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, I would just caution, you know, about using this as a to dismiss something, but specifically to uh, 
make light of the fact that we're forgiven and there's nothing bigger that we can hope for than sure. to be forgiven by God. Um, and so that is just to start with. Go ahead. No, I just say sure. That's that's great. Um, one of the things I'm thinking of, where, where might we see those those sayings? One of them that I love thinking about is when I see that saying on a car's bumper sticker, and you zip in front of the person right in front of you, and you almost cut them off, and, and they read, "I'm not perfect. I'm just forgiven." So you know that that can be a, a misuse of that there. Um, I mean, I think what you said, Josh, is very good. Uh, anybody else have any comments on that particular one? I just was thinking the people, when we identify ourselves as Christians and we know we're not perfect and we have to confess our sins and trust that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, a lot of people who don't know the Lord, but they know that we're Christians, they kind of they kind of shape their concept of, of Christ and God based on the way we act. So... It would be nice to get them to look to Jesus instead of at, at fellow Christians or at Christians in general uh, to uh, understand that God is the standard, not Christians who fail routinely. <laughs> right. Well, it doesn't give us an excuse to sin, but it does state the reality that we are forgiven. And as Josh said, we're not just forgiven. Hey, we are forgiven. But we do have a responsibility there to live that way, the right way. And with that, I believe it's time for us to take a quick break for our sponsor. So we will be right back with the next half of Reconciling Grace. And we're back with Reconciling Grace, and we've been talking about Christian sayings, things we might see on bumper stickers or t-shirts or social media memes, wherever we might happen to see them. This next one we're going to be uh, talking about just says this, when life is not a bed of roses, remember who wore the thorns. Who wore the thorns? It was Jesus. I like also to say... Um, kind of along the same lines if you think the christian life is going to be a bed of roses remember the thorns so there are thorns in roses aren't there have you ever heard that saying i don't know that i've ever actually heard that saying i saw it written down by by somebody who had made a list of sayings anybody ever heard that one before i've not heard it so i've heard it before but i i i think the the real point that i would want to make here is that it's interesting to look at what people think the Christian life is going to do for them. It's almost like a what's in it for me uh, mentality on the part of some folks. And I think I've mentioned this before too. When I had prison ministry and I talked to the, the prisoners about how the Lord would give them a, a brand new start. Um, and I'm speaking in terms of the scripture that says, if any man be in Christ, He's a new creature. Old things passed away and all things become new. And they said, well, if that's literally true, then Christianity's for me. And I and the, the uh, warden ought to let me out of this jail because I'm forgiven. If God forgives me, he should too and let me go. And I, I, I think that people need to understand that there's a balance. Uh, Jesus promised us 
we even had this scripture earlier in our sessions tonight that uh, in this world you're going to have trouble. He says, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So he didn't say um, a bed of roses. He's, he leveled with us and said, if you're going to follow me, you identify with me, you're going to have trouble. It's, it's quite the contrary of what people expect if they think Christianity is some magical elixir for all their problems. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's an incomplete saying because it, it doesn't really tell you why they tied it together. Also that because Jesus walked this road and called us to walk it, you know, to follow him, that we're going we're gonna to experience the same kind of troubles. But I remember when I was saved, um, everything went perfect after that. And uh, I had a million dollars a day in the mailbox um, after. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, I, I think one of the things, the worst things we do in the church is we tie people's faithfulness to Christ. And, and specifically, there are some pastors that tie their faithfulness to giving with the kind of world they're going to inherit um, in Christ. You know, that uh, as you're faithful giving, um, you'll be rewarded financially or something like that. When, um, you know, I, I think if we look at all of our heroes in the Bible, I can't imagine that one would have said, hey, look at my life as a model. Um, ever since I started doing the right thing, only good things have happened to me. You know, I'm thinking of um, the ones that were, you know, stoned and, and left out of the city for dead. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, the ones that were beheaded. I'm thinking of, you know, even throughout the church, all of our significant voices, many of them were martyred for standing for the truth. And it's kind of crazy that we have this idea that, you know, and, and I do believe, I do want to, I do want to say this. I do believe the more you follow Christ, the more things work out um, because you develop um, ways of handling money that are based on, you know, on the truth of God, you develop relationships that are based on truth rather than gossip and lies and all that. And I do believe that, but the idea that because we're a Christian um, we should uh, have this worry-free, trouble-free kind of existence is so foreign from the writers of Scripture that I don't understand kind of where that originated and why we picked it up like we did. Um, we're going to follow Jesus into the same road that he, and, and in this world, you will have, you know, troubles. Right. And, and we just expect that, but we do know who overcame the world. And we do know too, that we're only on a short blip of what eternity is going to be. And the worst case scenario, we have to struggle for a few years. Sure. Um, and, and experience eternity in the, in, in the app. I really like that. I know that, um, you know, you talked about those who follow Jesus and just from church tradition, um, all of the apostles met martyrs deaths with the exception of John who survived a execution basically by being boiled in oil. At least that is the, that is the tradition that, that has been held to. Um, but still Paul talked about in, in, um, one of his letters about all the different things that he underwent as following, you know, Jesus, all the bad things that happened to him. He was able to say that they did not even compare with the incomparable riches that awaited him in heaven, in the eternal life. So, um, yes, things are not always going to be good when you're looking at them from a worldly perspective, especially. And I mean, there have been a lot of Christians who have 
suffered. A lot of Christians, even in this day, are being put to death, persecuted, and, and even, as I say, executed for their faith, especially in other countries right now. Yeah. And Pete, just really quick, I'm, I'm sorry to add, um, you said from a worldly perspective, and I think the, un, the unfortunate habit we've got into the church is we've determined that God blesses us based on us getting things that are worldly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, us getting money may not be a blessing, um, us getting a relationship that we want may not be a blessing. And so often we, we associate what we want with God blessing us. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure that that's healthy either. Right. So, well, I remember Israel wanted a king and look what yeah. happened. You yeah. know, that wasn't so, the best thing for him. Right. Right. So, but you know, we, we learned through our troubles though, if, if we could became Christians and we never had any troubles or trials, there's no way we would know Jesus the way we do. Um, because that's how we learn to know him deeply. We would never, if life was always good, there wouldn't any, be any reason to go into a deep trust uh, or letting go. That was mm-hmm. one of the things we were talking about earlier, that if life was always good, you know, we wouldn't learn that. We wouldn't learn the importance of that. And, and we know the scriptures, as Mick shared, you know, we're going to have trouble in this world. But if we just constantly look at that as a bad thing, I know nobody wants to go through it, but it that's how we come to really know mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. That which does not kill us makes us stronger. There that's you go. that's one of the sayings that yes. I've heard. I yeah. don't know if that's necessarily a biblical saying, but there is a lot of um, wisdom in that sometimes. Yes, I agree. All right, well, let's move on. Um, I like this one. Josh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. Plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. <laughs> think about that. I, I think that's... I think that's a goofy saying. <laughs> I agree. But it, the, the reason the reason I think it is it's it's not as though uh, Noah was following the instructions of God when right. he began working on the ark, right. and you know this this kind of idea that I can anticipate, and, and maybe there's something to this, but using that example is kind of goofy. But that I can anticipate what God is going to tell me to do tomorrow, so I need to start on it today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. But I suppose a lot of people say this because, um, you know, what, what's the saying? Your emergency due to lack of planning uh, does not make it an emergency for me. You should have <laughs> planned ahead. Noah didn't, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. And so I, I, I just, this is one of those things I always caution against taking scripture out of context. And this is one of those things where I think we force applied a story from the Old Testament into using it uh, maybe against somebody or, or maybe uh, in, a, in a situation where it shouldn't be mm-hmm. warranted. But, yeah. What is yeah, that? I agree completely with, with that, Josh. Um, you know, the Bible does talk about using common sense and planning, saying if you're king of 10,000, you've got to sit down and figure whether you can take on a, a king coming at you with 20,000. At the same time, we're told not to worry tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. So I don't think you should take a cliche like this. And I thought your word was good, Josh. That it's goofy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can take that and try to try to live by that as if it's a one size fits all. So should we never plan? No, we we still need to plan things, but we also be willing be willing for God to change our plans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Aren't we supposed to let go and let God, though? Yeah, you yeah. go. <laughs> Gosh, Josh, you're just bringing this back to what we've talked about already. <laughs> yeah. No, but still, that's 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 really important. Um, 
what everybody's saying here is is interesting. I, I'm reminded of when we were in um, Bible college. I was in Bible college when uh, we were taking a class on sermon preparation, and one of the students said to the professor something along the lines of, well, don't you think that it's important when you go into the pulpit to just not go in there with notes and let the Holy Spirit um, speak to you? And the professor said something very profound, because I had heard that argument before. Mm -hmm. The professor said, well, don't you think that the Holy Spirit can speak to you when you're preparing your message too? That's been my experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, I think that's important to understand that it's not wrong to plan, but I think that we also need to, as, as, as was just said here, that we also need to leave open the fact that the Holy Spirit is allowed to make changes in, in right. what we plan. Um, because even, even um, the Bible talks about you who say, I'm going to go do this today or tomorrow or next year and do this, is, shouldn't you instead say, if the Lord wills? I'm going to do these things because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But, you know, here we are in in times that are kind of perilous right now, even um, even unprecedented for most of us in our lifetimes. There are some people who probably have lived, you know, several decades more than I have who might remember things going on in the world that uh, are starting to resemble, you know, some of the, uh, what do you want to call the... Uh, censorship and things that are going on in our world and things today. But when you look at things, when you're saying, is this a sign of the Lord coming back? Well, that doesn't mean you stop, uh, you know, doing the right things. And, and for instance, being a good steward of money and being a good steward of, of what you need to do with your time and efforts. You don't just say, oh, well, I'm going to just not plan anymore. <laughs> well, and, and and doesn't Jesus address what you're talking about, too, when he says the wise man, what, builds his house on, on the rock? rock. Right. And so it's this lifestyle that you live close to Jesus that equips you for the rain. Um, and, and actually, he addresses the same, if you want to apply this Noah's Ark thing to it, um, what does the other guy do? He builds his house on the sand. And then when the rain comes, it's not the one that was planning by putting things into accounts or anything. It was the one that was building his house on Jesus. That was the one that withstood um, the significant storm. And so I, I think that's, you know, this idea that we can plan ahead for something. I think Jesus takes out of our hands and says, all you have to do is stay close to me mm-hmm. and I got you covered. Um, so, yeah. No, that's good. Um, so we're not saying that it's wrong to plan. Um we, we at the same time need to understand um, the, the fact that God can change our plans. In fact, I think it was um, Phil Keggy wrote a song, and I'm trying to remember what the name of the song was, but one of, the, one of the lines in the song was, all the world's a stage waiting for our cues, all my lines you're free to rearrange, child, I belong to you. That was the name of the song, I belong to you. It was written, I think, back in like late 70s, um, something like that. And so, yeah, we, we need to be able to plan. Um, yes, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark, but I think Josh, you were the one who said it. Noah had a reason to to plan for that ark yeah. because God told him, Noah, he I want you to do this. Instructions. He That's was right. following God's plan. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, sometimes we might even be asked by God to do something that we don't understand, you know, because, hey, it wasn't raining when, when Noah built the ark, but we need to be obedient to what God says. And, uh, we need to be able to follow him. 
Well, folks, you know, we've, we've successfully gone through another entire episode now of, of Christian sayings. What did we get through? About four of them. And um, I have fun doing these. These are kind of lighthearted, but they're meaningful. And so I want to thank everybody who has uh, participated today. Josh Kugel, pastor of um, the First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. Mick Wells has been with us. Vicki Cundiff. And this is Pete Vecchi. And we are joyful to be able to share with you these episodes of Reconciling Grace. Lord willing, we'll see you again next time. May God bless you. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.